Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, happy St. Patrick's Day on this uh, Thursday, March 17th. I am wearing green today in honor of St. Patrick's Day, and I have my Eagles hat on as well. So uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Season 3, Episode 17 of Live with CDP Podcast today. I have a doubleheader, and uh, the first part of my doubleheader is my guest, Angela Foster. She's a traffic and... Um, a traffic reporter on radio and TV in the Washington DC area and an editor as well. So I'm going to talk to Angela about her career in TV and radio and being a traffic reporter in the Washington DC area. And um, if she's into sports and who her favorite sports teams are, and, and I don't know if she's the, what, what she thinks of the, the new name for the Washington football team, which is now the Washington commander. So if you can just give me a minute, I'm going to bring on my guest today and we're going to talk a little Washington traffic and and in her career in uh, radio and television as well. I'm looking forward to uh, today's podcast. Uh, one second, I'm just gonna bring up one second, and I'm gonna bring her up right now. I just got so much stuff on my screen; <laughs> it's not funny. So, uh, anyways, there she is. Hi, Angela. How you doing? Hey, Chris. How are you? Thank you so much for having me today. Well, thank you for coming on today as well, and uh, I look forward to speaking to you a little bit about your career in TV and radio and, and being a traffic reporter and all that as well. Yes, so much. Uh, let me first apologize to you if I sound stuffy. It's allergy season. For me, it hit early this year. So yeah, I have on glasses, no contacts today. So <laughs> I'm a little stuffy and a little watery, but I'm glad to be here. I always carry a box of Kleenex when I do my podcast, just in case, because <laughs> I don't want to have a runny nose on uh, on my podcast. So I always keep a bottle of water and a box of Kleenex beside me. Oh, yes, I would imagine so. So let's get into it. What are we talking about today? Uh, first thing I wanted to ask you about, I don't know how much of a big sports fan you are, but I was just going to get your two cents on the Washington uh, football name, the new uh, name, the Commanders. Well, I actually like the name, the Commanders, and Washington is my team. Um, and it was my team before I even moved to D.C. I was born and raised in North Carolina in the 70s when we didn't have cable. So you got to see the closest team, which at that time for us was the Washington uh, Redskins. Uh, there were no Carolina Panthers at that time. So everyone in my family, uh, we all loved the Washington Redskins. And then after college, when I moved to Washington, D.C. It was just only natural that they would continue to be my team. I believe in rooting for the home team. But to answer your question, I like the name. I love the name Commanders. I was going to say, and I'm happy they kept the colors, the, 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 the Washington colors. So, Oh, yeah. Had to do that. I mean, we had to keep the burgundy and gold. Come on. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I was going to say we're rivals because I'm an Eagles fan and you're a Washington <sighs> fan. So you now have Carson Wentz, too. So what's your thoughts on a former Eagle quarterback now quarterbacking Washington? 
Well, you know, the league is so different now. This is not uncommon. Um, growing up, this would have been just a travesty, of course. But, you know, I'm glad we have Colton. Hopefully he's ready to take the Burgundy and Gold to another Super Bowl. You know, we can't get too close to any quarterback or any player nowadays the way the league is. You know, people move around a lot. So, Well, definitely. And I'm going to be honest, a lot of people get mad at me when I say this, but Tom Brady played back in the 70s and 80s. His career would have been over with by 32-33 because the game was more physical back then. Oh, yeah. and, and maybe, unfortunately, uh, the quarterback was fair game back then, but there was also more headshots. I'm all in favor of eliminating the headshots because there's so many guys that have had uh, brain injuries uh, from the, the headshots and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I'm in favor of that, but it's a different game than it was growing up back in the seventies and eighties. That's for sure. Oh, it most certainly is a different game. And although we can attest to, it definitely was a more physical game. Um, you know, people's safety is so much more important. It really is. So I'm glad that we, we have the, the protocols we have now. I really am. Definitely. Um, and a lot of news going on with the NFL free agency right now and, and the trades and stuff like that. So um, the Eagles have made a few little minor tweets here, but uh, we'll see. I think they're going to try to do it through the draft, which is uh, in another month, I believe, the end of April. In end of April, Las Vegas. yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. in Las Vegas. So we'll see what happens there. I do think that NFC East is open next year because Dallas, I, I think we both have a common uh, a team we don't like. <laughs> Dallas sucks. So I don't think Dallas is going to be as good next year. And I no. think it's going to open it up for the Eagles in Washington. And I, I think the Giants are in a complete rebuild. So really, I think it's going to be between Dallas, Washington, and Philadelphia for the East next year. Well, I think that's a that's a good prediction, but I also think what you said is true with the Giants rebuilding the way that they are and with the Eagles being wide open and the Commanders getting a new quarterback. It's just going I think the East is going to be exciting to watch if nothing else uh, because I, I hate to say it but it's kind of anybody's uh, first place to get at this point with what we are seeing currently, I think. Definitely. Now, Major League Baseball has returned. Are you a Washington Nationals fan by any chance? I am a Washington Nationals fan, but it's the same scenario growing up in North Carolina. Um, even going like to my grandparents' house and my granddad would listen to Henry Aaron on the radio. So I became a Braves fan uh, very early in life. Um, Henry Aaron, I don't know why he never called him Hank, but yeah, we used to, my granddad would listen to the Braves on the radio. So, and we would get Braves games when we got games because of the regional. Um, so I am definitely a diehard Atlanta Braves fan. The only time I will not root for the fans is when they, uh, the Braves, when they play the Nationals. Okay. And yeah. they, uh, Braves just lost Freddie, uh, Freeman to, uh, the Dodgers. Big money there, big money. Big money, but you know what? I think they lost him, but they gained um, a local guy. And I can't remember his name off the top Olsen. of my head. Oh, I yes. Olsen. I think that's his name. They gained a local guy. So just from reading everything that I've been reading, that's going to be the, the trade-off, getting the local guy, which is going to, you know, amp up. Yeah. Not that they probably need any more home team spirit, but it's certainly going to amp that up, I think. And here's something for you, too. The Atlanta Braves general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, mm -hmm. is from Canada. He's from Montreal, and he was the Blue Jays' uh, general manager, and then they kind of pushed him out, and I think oh, he's okay. done a great job with the Atlanta Braves. So there is a Canadian connection with the Braves. I did not know that. Okay. So, ah, thanks for that little tidbit. <laughs> no problem. So are you also a Wizards Capitals fan, too? 
Wizards Capitals, I love going to games. Capitals games are the best live. And I would imagine any hockey for that matter. But going yes. to the Capitals games live is the absolute best. Yes, I'm a Wizards fan. I go back with the Bullets to West Onsale days yep. when I was young. And my brother was a big Bullets fan. And we were pulling for West Onsale. So, yeah, I kind of centered around the Washington teams, as you can see. Um, as I mentioned, you know, growing up in North Carolina, we didn't have the Charlotte Hornets either at that yes, time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, but I was going to say, I'm um, doing camera work. I'm doing camera work for a hockey team right now. It's a, a junior A team, which is a developmental league. It's like the equivalent of co college football to the NFL. Okay. And the speed of the game for hockey, man. Uh, mm -hmm. When I first started, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I can do this. But once you learn how to do the camera work and then keep, keep up with the players, because I think out of all the sports, hockey is the fastest sport. Oh, by far. I think I definitely agree with that. That's definitely. why it's so exciting to be at the arena and see it live. Oh, definitely. It's, it's one thing to watch it on TV, but when you're at that arena and I'm around the players and the fans and right by the ice, they have me on the uh, corner rink right by the uh, right close to the ice surface. It's it's such a great I get a great view of the game. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it so is. I'm it's really exciting and by far the fastest. But um, NBA games are a fun live, too, yes, because you definitely. got a lot of action there as well. Definitely. Uh, I'm an Eagles fan. Detroit Pistons, Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Tigers, Michigan Wolverines. I've mm -hmm. never liked the Detroit Lions. Never. Other than Barry Sanders and, okay. uh, Maga okay. and Megatron. <laughs> yeah, you have to like Barry Sanders. Come on. I mean. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> like one and of the greatest ever. Yeah, I just wish he had gotten a Super Bowl because to me, to me, to me, uh, in my life, I've seen Walter Payton play Barry Sanders. To me, Walter Payton and Barry Sanders are the two greatest running backs I've seen play. That's one of the heartbreaking things in football. Barry Sanders never got a Super Bowl. And to me, uh, even though Walter Payton did win a Super Bowl, it was very heartbreaking for me to watch him not be able to score the touchdown. I will never forgive Mike Ditka for that. Uh, it's a personal vendetta that I have. <laughs> Yes. I know. I know it was such a nice little stunt or whatever to let William Perry run the football for the one yard, but Walter Payton deserved that Super Bowl touchdown. Okay, I digress, but definitely. <laughs> and they and and they killed the Patriots forty six to ten that game. But oh, you're right, Payton was towards the end of his career at that point. They should have let him. They should have let him have that touchdown. And uh, yeah, I've never been a fan of Mike Dicka, anyways. And, and and to me, the Bears they should have won more than one Super Bowl with that team they had they oh, should have won yeah. more than one year i so. thought so too but yeah and i know people say i'm petty for still carrying that but i just yeah. i was so heartbroken chris i was just i was devastated watching it i yeah. could not believe that that they didn't let peyton run that ball but anyway moving yes. let's move on let's move on. okay <laughs> definitely def, def, definitely uh i was gonna say first thing i wanted to ask you angela is can you tell my audience here in ontario just a little bit about yourself and when did okay. you decide to pursue a career in broadcasting and tv and radio Wow. Okay. Well, I am, as I mentioned, from North Carolina, rural North Carolina, small town Henderson. And I grew up in Warren County, the neighboring county. I grew up believing I was going to be a teacher. That was my first love. Before I even went to school, I knew that's what I wanted to do. But it wasn't until my freshman year in high school, which at that time, believe it or not, we had junior high. So we were seventh, eighth, and ninth grade. 
and we had a class in our junior high school called Career Exploration. And um, our professor said to us, he says, well, you know, everyone wants to be a teacher. Is there anything else you might want to do? And I just knew I wanted to give information. But also at that time, uh, we had what I recall as the first woman female Black news anchor at our TV station in Raleigh-Durham, WTVD. Um, her name is Beverly Burke. And I saw Beverly Burke and I thought, well, I can also give information that way. So that's how it started. My freshman year, I decided I wanted to be a news anchor. Um, along the way, that changed to sports. I went into college thinking I was going to be Jane Kennedy, the second Jane Kennedy, because at that time, she was the only woman we had seen on any of the uh, football shows. So I actually did uh, focus on sports. In college, I was on the student television team, and I was the only female on the sports team at that time. So, you know, we weren't where we are today. So, but I did eventually, of course, change from sports and I got into traffic as we fast forward some years when traffic reporting became popular. I love the fact that it was real time reporting. I love the fact that no matter what I reported in 10 minutes, it could be totally different and my story had to change altogether. So that's what has kept me in traffic. I tried to give you the shortest version of that possible. So I'm sure you have questions. Okay. Do you ever go up on a helicopter too? I did at one point. Okay. Um, I did. I do not now. Um, okay. But this was what years was this? Um, early two thousands. Um, actually, in the nineties, in the Raleigh Durham area, I was. I got to fly in a helicopter at Foxy one hundred and seven in Durham, and I was the Sky Fox. But it didn't last long because one of our choppers went down, unfortunately, and um, I, you know, just. I told my manager I didn't feel safe doing it anymore. So then they put me in the studio and just had the helicopter sound effect after that. Okay, definitely. I've never even been on one. So um, I wouldn't mind trying it once for the experience, but I don't know if I'd want to do it on a uh, regular basis. Well, that's what happened with me, doing it on a regular basis. We would all meet in Wake Forest at this airfield. I don't remember the name. And I think she was on G105. I'm not sure. She was on a Raleigh station. Um, and I was on Foxy 107 and WDUR, which was the Durham Gospel Station. So there were several people going up in helicopters. But, you know, these guys were trained to fly us. But, I mean, you could tell it just wasn't the safest thing in the world to do it every day, morning and afternoon. So after that happened, um, that was my way out, unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it. Obviously, it was easier for me to be in studio, but flying is more authentic when you literally see it and you're reporting mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Definitely. I haven't even uh, been on an airplane yet. I guess at some oh, really? point I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, I had a fear of flying before 9-11. And then after 9-11 okay. happened, I'm like, I don't think I ever want to get on a plane. I think what it is, is I'm so used to driving myself everywhere. Yeah. I, I'm not comfortable having somebody else drive me or fly ah. me. And so I, I will eventually have to get on an airplane one day. You will. I mean, you will. And, 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 you know, the safety that was in the nineties, I'm trying to, I, I don't know what year, but I was at Foxy 107 in Durham. So not sure what year it was, but then I eventually moved to Washington DC and, um, you know, got back into it. Um, not even into traffic initially, I initially took a job as a, a talk show host and uh, that kind of morphed into me getting a part-time gig back in traffic. So, and I, I love traffic. So it's very easy for me to do my job. 
Yeah, um, I do a lot of commuting to work, so I um, <laughs> commuting to Toronto is bad too. Uh, Toronto is uh, Canada's version of uh, New York City for traffic or LA yes. for traffic. It mm-hmm. gets crazy. It gets it gets crazy. So, but uh, yeah, they hey, but you know what? People like yourself are huge because when I go to work, well, maybe not now work in the midnight shift, but when I was working the day shift, uh-huh. I would first thing in the morning I would turn on the radio and listen to the traffic report. Oh, that yeah. way, that way. Sorry. No, I was saying, oh, yeah, that's it's like one of the most important parts of a newscast to know what's happening traffic wise, because it can pretty much change your entire day. Definitely, because if I find out the the 401, which is our major highway here, is all clogged up because I drive into the uh, greater Toronto area, I then have two or three back ways of taking. So to me, when I was working day shift, that was the first thing I would put on, not the TV, <laughs> but the radio to, to listen to the traffic report. Yeah. So, yeah. so people realize how important that is, especially when you're working day shift. Oh my gosh, yes, the morning rush. And Chris, if I may, I want to backtrack because I'm trying to do more things like come on your show. Like you, you know, I'm usually, I just kind of stay away from these kinds of things. I don't know why. But I want to backtrack to, um, you were asking me, how did I get into what I'm doing? And I made that decision my freshman year in high school. So then fast forward to my junior and senior years in high school, uh, I had my mind made up that I wanted to go to college in Virginia at Hampton Institute at the time. It's now Hampton University. And it is a historically black college, um, has an incredible journalism school. And I was just so proud and so happy. That's where I wanted to go. But it didn't quite work out that way. Uh, My parents were looking at the cost of this private institution as opposed to a state-supported school in North Carolina. So some people, it wouldn't have been a choice. But for me, Hampton was my first choice. But then once I had to choose a state-supported school in North Carolina, it was an easy choice for me to go to uh, UNC Chapel Hill. And I was very fortunate because at that time, I thought I was going to be working in sports. So I had like the world of sports at my fingertips and didn't even realize it at that time that, you know, my freshman year, Sam Perkins and Michael Jordan were on the cover of Sports Illustrated because they were seniors and juniors at the school where I was attending, you know, and I didn't realize the magnitude of what was happening around me at that time. Definitely. And that Hampton Institution School, uh, one of my favorite old time Pistons, I believe, went there, Rick Mohorn, one of the bad boys. Rick Mohorn, um, I think you may be right. Yeah. Because he's one of my favorite, and I believe that he went there. And I know Joe Dumars was one of my other favorite players. He went to McNeil State. So I yeah. have a I have an encyclopedia when it comes to sports. I know you do. So, <laughs> so I love sports, and it's a passion of mine. Oh, yes. I know you do. But, yeah, it was very easy to not realize because you were in the moment of just living. I was just a freshman from Warren County High School. Um. And to be in the class, um, I took a psychology class and Michael Jordan was in my class, but um, I took another class and Sam Perkins was not in that class, but we had a class right beside each other. But at that time, you're just a freshman and you don't realize how big and famous these guys are at that time. For me, anyway, that's the way it was. Yeah. Wow. And um, the one thing is, um, 
when I'm doing this podcast, I think I wasn't ready even in my 20s. I didn't really know what I wanted to, to do in my 20s. And I don't think I could have done this uh, back then because I was always in awe of people, uh, especially athletes or famous people. And now when I do this podcast, I talk to everyone like I'm at a hockey arena or a baseball park or just like a, a regular conversation with a friend. Oh, yeah. I think it's way more informative that way because I, to me, I tend to tune in when people are having more of a regular conversation like you and I are having. I tend to be more in tune to it if, or as opposed to the strict formalities and the way that we were taught to do interviews. And I'm not saying that that shouldn't be, mm-hmm. but for a podcast and especially a sports podcast or something that is of just interest, yeah, it's more, it's to me, it's better received in conversation form like this. Definitely. And I'm, I'm, I still do a lot of sports podcasts, but I'm, I'm, I'm spreading my wings and branching out to other areas as well, because I love asking questions and learning new stuff. And I just think it's the more I can do or interview other, not interview, but speak with guests Mm -hmm. and have good conversations. I think that will help me in the future. Oh, it definitely will. It will. It will. I just, you know, I love what you're doing. I've had so many people ask me, how come I'm not doing something like this? Um, but, and, you know, eventually it, it may happen. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm, and uh, I've learned a lot too. I, when I first started this, I wasn't very good and everything was all scripted in that. And uh-huh. I finally started talking to guys like Eric Smith from the Toronto Raptors and other guys. And it took me a while to get guests on. And then when they came on, they just said, Chris, just speak naturally. Talk to yeah. us like you're at an arena or whatever, just like having a conversation with you at a, a coffee shop or whatever like that and it makes for better conversation and it's okay right. and exactly. it's okay and, and it's okay to write down questions or uh, have stuff that you want to talk about as well but just have a natural conversation with your guests oh absolutely absolutely so it's it's only natural for me to like just be in interview mode myself so I would like I'm that person I want to know things about people like what's your favorite color what's your favorite color Chris my favorite color? I would say, I would say, I would go with blue. Powder, what? powder blue. I like red, but I would say powder blue. Okay. Hmm. Mine is peach. Um, when peach. I was growing up, I used to love orange. So I guess it's just, you know, a form of orange. Because yeah. I still love orange, but I love the shade yeah. of peach. Yes. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. okay. Hey, uh, you answered my next question. That's another thing I've been learning too from doing this is listening skills are huge because sometimes you can ask a gask a question and they can give you the answers to five or six other questions. So, uh, that's pretty much how I interview. Um, I, I, you know, it's okay for me to have what I call the crutch questions. It's okay mm-hmm. to have questions written out because you never know. You just yep. may need them. But what I find when I'm interviewing someone, Chris, is I ask one question and it leads to another question. The answer to that leads to another question. If I listen, that's the key to being a great interviewer, listening. Listen Absolutely. to what they say because nine times out of ten, you're going to get one, two, maybe even three questions from one answer. Absolutely. And uh, one thing I'm doing is I'm continuing to, to learn. I love to learn. And um, if I do make a mistake, I try mm-hmm. to uh, fix it and, and and try to make it a better podcast the next show. Oh, that's so awesome. I'm enjoying this. And I've seen a couple of your shows. You're doing a great job. I love the fact that we have this, this kind of um, 
avenue, so to speak, on the internet so that people like you can have a shot at doing what they want to do. Thank you. And uh, this technology really does uh, uh, shrink the world down because you're in Washington and I'm near Toronto and it's and it's like you're next you're right beside me where we're talking on this platform. Oh, I know. Isn't that something? I know. It's such a <laughs> a tunnel. I have to like catch myself. I can go on the internet and just information, information, information. Definitely. So uh, my next question I was going to ask, you already answered the word you went to school. Now, did you have a mentor or mentors when you were starting out in the industry? Well, um, I had so many. Wow. Because I I knew very early on that uh, to be successful is try to hang around and get to know people who were doing what you want to do. So I immediately, um, once I got to college, I started immediately hanging around people who had the same major. Uh, fortunately, my roommate, my freshman year, was a journalism major. So it was great to hang around Cherie and and just get to know her people. And, and I immediately, also my freshman year, uh, began writing for the Black Ink. And that summer, I started writing for the Daily Tar Heel so that I could be around the people. So I had several, several mentors. Yes. Okay. Cause this is one of the questions I like to ask with my guests uh, when they're in different professions or industry, if they have had a mentor or mentors and that, and I'm, I've got a few right now that are uh, giving me advice and, and, and helping mm -hmm. me try to improve. So I feel it's important to have them if you are lucky enough. Oh, that's the thing. You have to be lucky enough. And, you know, if you're a nerd like me, if you hang around Swain Hall or, you know, hang around the buildings where these classes are being taught and ask questions. I Don't be afraid to ask people questions. Not everybody in the world is nice. Oh, well, move on to the next person. Definitely. And there's never a dumb question. And the only way you learn is by asking questions. It is. It truly is the only way you'll learn. Definitely. And to just throw yourself out there, you're never going to be ready. You know, I hear people say, well, I'm not ready. Oh, you're never going to be ready. You just got to go out there. Definitely. And uh, like I said, uh, I'm was doing this podcast three, four times a week and mm -hmm. also doing my camera work. Uh, this week I'm doing three hockey games. I love it. I absolutely love it. And every time I do a live broadcast, there's always some kind of little crisis or something going on where you have to do, uh, what's to say, fly on the goal or something like that you just have to <laughs> go on the fly go on the fly yeah yeah so I, I i i love it and and i'm learning something every time i'm doing it and uh i think i'm getting better and the only thing you and the and the thing is anything you do in life the more you do it the more you get better at it oh my goodness i can't tell you chris how many times uh people have approached me especially uh with tv traffic people tend to think that traffic and weather is just like news, where news anchors are literally reading. Uh, but traffic and weather, you are not. And especially traffic, because it changes every 10 seconds. So you can't type it into the, it, you have to literally just know how to talk about it. And so many people say, well, how do you know what to say? If you keep doing it, and if you keep doing it, and if you keep doing it, after a while, it just starts to come habit, and you become so comfortable with yourself. And of course, practicing, you have to practice and yes. know, and know what you're talking about. That's pretty big. <laughs> Do your yeah. Yeah, know your homework, kind of know the area where you're reporting traffic, um, because sometimes you have to remind people of, of landmarks. Uh, if you throw in that landmark, you know, it's over on the west side of the stadium, then someone will catch it quicker. 
Um, but yeah, it's very easy to do once you keep doing it. The first few times, no, it's nerve wracking. You don't know what you're going to say. You got to try to remember some street name and, you know, it's really not easy. But once you do it a lot, it becomes so secondhand. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, with this podcast, I've built a lot of contacts, but I've also made a lot of friendships. Same with uh, doing the uh, volunteer work. That was, uh -huh. that's gonna, This is going to lead to me in my next question. Um, oh. Did you do any volunteering or internships when you were starting out? And how yeah. important was that in your career? Oh, you know, I am so lucky. Again, uh, my senior year, I went to WCHL, which is the you know radio station, public radio in Chapel Hill, and I told them I was you know sports was my focus, and they were like sure. So I got the internship, and I got to work with Woody Durham, who used to be the voice of the Tar Heels. So I actually got to work with him. It was a short internship; it was only six weeks, um, and you know it was partly over the summer, but it was still great to just be able to go into CHL. And it was hard because, you know, my parents didn't have a lot and, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. So I was working there. That was my internship, but I was also working at night at JCPenney and trying to stay in school for that summer. But it was so worth it. It was so worth it. Okay. Um, I was going to say, what are some of the differences uh, from doing radio to television, if you don't mind me asking that? Well, um, from a traffic reporter's perspective, I will tell you, <laughs> from a traffic reporter's perspective, doing radio, you have to literally, for me, um, it's I have to paint the picture. I have to make you be able to visualize exactly what intersection I'm talking about. I can't just say the Beltway in 50. I have to make sure you know it's the Beltway at 50 in Lanham on John Hansen on the east side type of thing. So you have to paint the picture with radio, but you have so many avenues and ways to do that. In radio, I could have two or three different windows open, notes everywhere. On TV, um, people are looking at, my camera is looking at me, so I cannot have notes everywhere and two or three windows open. So it's a whole different ballgame, to be honest. But in radio, it's painting the picture and making sure people can literally visualize what's happening. As opposed to TV, I can just say, take a look at our live view of this M.Dot camera or this V.Dot camera, and you can see two lanes of block, blah, blah, blah. It's a little easier to paint the picture. So you're more or less going to focus more so on alternate routes and things of that nature for traffic. And and with TV, you have less time. I'm assuming you have a little less time to get what you want to say done than on radio. Always a little less time. Um, the scary part for me, if I can use that word, with TV is you can't just pop up with TV. On radio, I can literally change my report mid-sentence. If, you know, when we were in the studio, if someone screamed Beltway back open in the middle of my report, I can literally say, and we've just gotten confirmation that those two lanes at Connecticut Avenue have just reopened. On TV, it's not quite that simple <laughs> because you have to prepare and give someone the information for the rundown on TV. So you got about a four or five minute window where hopefully it doesn't change. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, me was doing volunteering work uh, with a cable company here, a uh, major one out of Toronto. I was going to say, how important is your producer on radio and on television uh, to your, to your, to your role? Uh, they're pretty much the quarterback of the situation, <laughs> if that makes sense. 
Oh, absolutely, because they have to like with with what I do right now with hockey. The producer has to know every camera. They have to oh, know yeah. the graphics, the audio. There's so much. The people, I'm realizing this now, just doing camera work. How much work there is in, in a a production for even a hockey game, a broad, live broadcast. People have no idea. They see one or two people and they have no idea how many people are behind the scenes. The producer, as I mentioned, that's the quarterback of the whole operation within itself. But it's so many other players as well, associate producers, executive producers, and so many other players, directors, floor directors, and all kinds of people, audio it's truly a team effort and without oh, yeah. everybody doing their job, you cannot have a successful radio or TV broadcast. That's true. Um, and it takes so many people and, you know, so many folks just, I, I know they, we say the magic of TV. It really is magic <laughs> because there's so many people having to do their jobs correctly to make it work. Definitely. Okay. I just got, are you okay for a few more minutes? I am okay for a few more minutes. Okay, no problem. I wanted to check with you. What okay. is a what is a normal? I was going to say regular, but what's a normal day like for a traffic reporter in Washington D.C.? Like Whoa. what time in what time in the morning your day starts and just just a regular day, just basically what a regular day is for you. Well, um, because I am still working in just radio, I am still working from home, so I have the luxury of my days not starting until four a.m. now. Uh, which used to be a lot sooner. Um, if we were still in studio, um, when I was working in TV in the studio, my day started at either 1.30, 2 o'clock at the latest, 2 a.m. at the latest. Um, because when I was in TV, I had to have be in makeup at 3.30. So it was getting up, getting to a studio. Um, and we went on air at 4.25. So that meant by 4.10 at the latest, you had to be in place to check audio and all this other stuff uh, to get started. So before all of that takes place, though, you still got to make sure you know what's going on, get the right cameras to show, have the right maps ready to go. So it's a nonstop affair. Um, you know, you got to put on microphones, IFBs, all this other stuff. In addition to, um, that was one of the things one of my cousins used to say, you know, your hair. And I was like, you really think I'm looking at my hair? I, I don't have time to look at my hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just have to hope it's in place after it gets done. I, my hair, I'm not looking at my hair. Uh, being a traffic reporter is truly a nonstop affair, whether you're doing it on radio or on TV. Um, and especially working for total traffic where we don't just, you know, there's no guessing. Everything has to be verified. And our producers are working so hard on the phone, calling people, getting information to make sure that our information is correct. Being accurate and being consistent is huge. Very, very huge. It's pretty much the whole ball game right there. We must be accurate. Okay. And uh, I just got two more questions I wanted to ask you. What do you enjoy the most about being a traffic reporter, editor? And what is the hardest aspect of the industry, if there is any? The hardest aspect of the industry is knowing that most of the things I talk about means that someone is really having a bad day. And that, that's as cliche as it sounds, it's true. It's very unfortunate. But, you know, if I'm talking about an accident where lanes are being blocked on the belt, or somebody is having a really bad day. And sometimes that can get in my head. That's the hardest part. Not to mention a lot of times there are fatalities. 
So you mm-hmm. don't, you have to be able to report that and not think about the fact that someone just literally lost their life. That is the hardest part about being a traffic reporter to me. The easiest part about being a traffic reporter to me is once the day starts, once that first report starts, it's nonstop. My workday goes fast. It's nonstop. It's making sure people know what they need to know. So it's it's nonstop. So my workday goes really fast all the time. And the thing is, you're also helping a lot of people to uh, take other routes, avoid areas that are congested, and you're basically making an impact on their lives. Oh, definitely. And that's why I said accuracy is it. We have to be correct. We can't go out there incorrect. And I'm so glad that Total Traffic, the people I work for, think that way. You know, our our managers and the people who are in charge and a part even as, you know, we're owned by iHeartMedia. So I love that. I love that fact that we do get to help people. And we're such an integral part of a lot of people planning how they're going to navigate. And I put the website down on my ticker, too. Oh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> have you ever used StreamYard before? I have not. Oh, okay. Uh, first time user. Yes, uh, my friend in Philadelphia, the Jamie Sports guy, got me on this a year ago to improve my podcast. And mm-hmm. I love it. I can have up to 10 guests. I can put graphics on and make it look like a real professional broadcast. And it does. It looks great. I love it. I love it. I'm so proud of you, Chris. You're doing an excellent job. I still, thank you. I still have a long ways to go. I'm not used to people um, telling me positive things. So I'm still working on accepting comments because I'm, I've always been used to being, ah, you did this wrong and did negativity. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and what I love about doing the camera work and doing this and my other job with the basketball league, everybody's so positive and supportive. It really affects you. It, it just, this has changed my life and I, and I've just got to keep working at it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Keep going. If it's changed your life, just imagine what it's going to do by next year this time. It's going to be even more positive change. So definitely keep going. And maybe by next year this time. Hey, next year this time, I'll come back on and we'll talk about the fact that I don't have on green and why. (laughs) That's okay. No worries. I, 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 I. I'm an Eagles fan, and I'm like, oh, you know what? It's St. Patrick's Day. I forgot about it. And it's like, okay, I'll wear my Eagles hat and my uh, good lucky green shirt. But normally, I like to wear blue, blue you or like red. To wear blue. Well, blue no, it's not for the Eagles. I just, I just think it's so weird how most people never even question the fact that we celebrate the Irish patron saint. Every country has a patron saint. How come we don't celebrate America's patron saint? They should, they should. Uh-huh. Do you even know who it is? No, we weren't taught that in school. <laughs> sure. No, the last sure. Mohican, St. Tamadan. So next year, we'll talk about it. I'll give you the whole story. Definitely. Because I, I like, <laughs> like I said, I'd love to have you back on as a guest in the future as well. I would love to come back. Definitely. And I got one last question I wanted to ask you. Okay. Um, we've already talked sports, so I'm just going to make this is a fun question. Any hobbies, favorite music, restaurants, and uh, where can my audience find you again on social media? And any advice for those, not just myself, watching uh-huh. or listening to pursue a career in broadcasting in either TV and radio? Okay, first, let's go to hobbies. Um, I am a geek. I love to read. 
I love reading. I love playing cards, bidwist, spades. I even collect playing cards. I buy a deck of playing cards everywhere I go. So I can say I've been there. And I even have decks of cards in places I've never been. So I have like a whole collection of playing cards. So reading and playing cards or anything related to playing cards, hobbies. I'm not as big of a sports buff as I used to be. I used to be just total sports. I do still love my teams, but I'm just not like I used to be. Now, uh, what was the other question? Any advice to anyone? Yeah, looking to pursue a career in broadcasting, either TV, radio, as a traffic reporter. Right now, YouTube is free. <laughs> and everything on the internet is free. Take as many classes as you can, but you have to get out there and do exactly what Chris is doing. You got to do something, a podcast. You got to do something to practice. Even if you don't want to go live with it, you have to start recording yourself in the mirror or on your phone and looking back at it and practice, practice, practice doing what it is you want to do. Once you practice a lot, you'll put yourself in spaces and start being around people who are doing it and take advice from people like Chris and anyone else on the internet who is doing it, who can help you break in. Okay. And uh, building contacts is huge in this industry. Yes. Definitely. Building contacts is huge. Having said that, Angela Traffic, that's me, because I'm a traffic reporter. And honestly, I was not going on social media, but I had to for my job. So that's why I'm Angela Traffic on Twitter, Angela Traffic on Instagram, and Angela Foster Traffic on Facebook. Definitely. And I was going to say, do you have any favorite music you like to listen to as well? Oh, I'm, you know, I love all genres of music. I know it sounds really, I really do. But my favorite, of course, I grew up in a household listening to R&B and gospel. So I love R&B and gospel, but I love jazz also. Um, I love country music also. I love genres, all different genres. But my favorite would have to be R&B and a little jazz. Okay. And for me, I'm into 70s and 80s classic rock and also Motown music. It's just because my cousins, my family cousins, live in Michigan and when I was uh -huh. a little kid I grew up going over there to visit them and they'd always have Motown music on it and it's so positive and upbeat and I, I really do like listening to uh, Motown music as much as uh, the classic rock from the <laughs> 70s and 80s can't go wrong with Motown Motown is like the soundtrack of all of our lives because it's so positive like you said and it's such feel-good music Definitely. And uh, I always listen to music before I go on my podcast. So okay. I always have my series. I have my satellite radio on. And then um, before I go on a podcast, I find it helps relax me and, and mm -hmm. whatever. And then they sets my mood. And I, I've, I find it helps with my shows. Awesome. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I was going to say, Angela, I'm going to let you go. But uh, I was going to say thank you so much for coming on live with CDP podcast. And I'll have to send you one of my podcast shirts. You will have to send me a shirt. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. You're doing a great job, Chris. Well, you too. Thank you so much, Angela. And we'll definitely keep in touch with you on social media. Have a great day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed my podcast with Angela Foster. Again, you can follow her on Twitter at Angela Traffic. And also you can uh, follow her on Facebook and on uh, Instagram as well. And uh, I really appreciate Angela coming on today for season three, episode 17, and talking about her career as a traffic reporter in the Washington, D.C. area as well. So anyways, guys, I'm going to 
I'm going to get going shortly because I have another podcast uh, coming on at 4.30 today. So just to let you know, uh, my next podcast, sorry, is going to be at 4.30 uh, today with uh, Carla Fitzsimmons. She's a Rogers TV producer, 570 News in Kitchener, and also she's a part-time professor at Conestoga College. So we're going to talk to her about uh, Rogers TV uh being a producer there and also 570 News in Kitchener and also uh, being a part-time professor at Conestoga uh, College in the Kitchener-Waterloo uh, area as well. So I hope you guys can all tune in and we'll see you back here at uh, uh, 4.30 today for Season 3, Episode 18 of Live with CDP Podcast. Just want to say thank you again to Angela Foster, my guest, for coming on. Thank you to everyone watching on YouTube. Please subscribe if you haven't on Facebook, Twitter, and also on my uh, audio platforms like Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM, and that as well. So anyways, guys, I'm going to call this uh, episode for uh, Season 3, Episode 17. Again, thank you to Angela Foster, everybody, for uh, watching and listening to Live with CDP Podcast. And we'll see you guys at 4.30 with uh, my next guest, Carla Fitzsimmons uh, from uh, Rogers TV. Have a great day, guys, and we'll talk to you in about another hour.